You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This must be Rizcho Daraisa. I'm here with Rabbi Goyin, Rabbi Yosef Gabriel Bechofer. Goyin, not just in the way it was described, like in the Ili, Remez to the 60 Mesechtas of Shas, Bavli Yerushalmi, Tesefta Safro, Sifrei, Medrish, Medrish Hagodol, Psikta de Ravkana, Pirke de Rebeliezel, Safra de Tzniusa, the Zoyar HaKodesh, Sefer HaBohir. Not only such shlita and, and knowledge and ability to be masber, all these aspects, but Rav Yisif Gavriel Bechofel has this chus godol that he was the shliach of the Rabbeinu Shalom to, intro, to introduce me to the world of the internet. Do you remember that, Rav Yisif Gavriel? How you were Yes. Yes, yes, you were saying, oh, you've got to get the internet, you've got to get a computer, you've got to be able... Uh, I, I still remember your message to me when I was finally able to, 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 to tap into email so many eons ago. Welcome to the cyber world. I'm sure it's going to be changed forever now with your presence. And I felt so, so, so happy that I could join you because you were like a pioneer in my mind. Uh, you, you, were, you were so involved in, in, in this new world, this world that wasn't in front of you in the boring, flat, Midwestern plains of Chicago, but actually allowed you to be part of, what was it, male Jewish? What was it called again? Jewish, yeah, it still exists. Male Jewish, and you were everywhere popping up as a uh, a gadfly and a critic and a, a young Turk and a bookie, really connected to people you had never seen and never known, and excited on your romping into that into that new world that that felt that Al Gore took credit for, the creator of the internet. Here you were, like a pioneer, mamish. Um, and now, what, what do you think? Is it, it, it's sort of uh, gone to way beyond that. When we think about ourselves back in the, I guess it was in the early 90s, I guess that's when it was, or the 80s, whenever that was in the 90s, when we were, were talking about the, 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 the new world that was going to appear in front of us, uh, it's really not only exploded, it's almost like it's dwarfed and eliminated the other world, right? I think you, you sent me an article about this, about the... Uh, Obviously, social media is <laughs> internet. Almost an email is like old-fashioned now, right? <laughs> internet and email is like what? I don't even look at my emails anymore. It's all about your social media presence, uh, your Twitter handle. Uh, I probably said that wrong. Uh, your Instagram, all the things that are part of your your real uh, persona, and uh, one of our own. I think we we have to be mockier that. You know, Al Gore, notwithstanding, the the person who probably is at the forefront of of the creator is someone who has the the has the uh, the part of Claudius role, right? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. There's, there's already been movement, right? He's bigger than uh, right. Yeah, he's probably in many ways, you know, he's uh, he, he he's bigger than almost any other. Jewish presence of the 21st century, right? He's probably the most influential Jew that we have, right? 
the most influential, the most influential Jew of the 21st century is probably Mark Zuckerberg. No? Yeah, that's probably well put. Yeah. 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 So I, I know that uh, you know, in our intense research about what we were going to discuss today, um, I know that you were you were taken by some of Mark Zuckerberg's uh, newest plans, right? That he's gone beyond being just this, you know, geeky looking uh, inventor who sort of has a good heart. He's actually taking on now godlike proportions as he sets the stage with uh, his super billion dollar empire into something called, it's not just Facebook, a place that you can, you know, find out. I can post little pictures of myself like you do, like going into escape rooms and visiting places in in, uh, in in the Northwest, but actually, not just a Facebook, it's actually called Meta, right? Beyond, this is the real world. This, right, it's no longer some imaginary Dungeon and Dragons basement geek place. It's actually the reality. The reality is not what's in front of us. It's really something beyond. I mean, this was an article that, uh, this is an article in the Wall Street Journal that spurred you. So, I've given you enough time to uh, to sort of think about how you want to uh, explain to uh, our audience with the, that's waiting with bated breath about your your, your day on this. Go ahead. Well, my question is like this. I have a question which I'm going to pose to you. We have uh, we have two two values in Judaism, which uh, I should say two concepts in Judaism. Now, which uh, uh, which are similar but in in um, paradoxical. There's an, the Olam Apnimi and the Olam Adimionis. And Olam Apnimi is really, seems to be a good thing. That a person lives in his own world internally, which is not the world outside of it. And Olam Adimionis is considered to be a negative thing. That a person lives in his Dimionis and not in his uh, actual reality or what should be uh, reality for him. So on the one hand, Judaism tells us to go away from reality and to find our own internal frames of reference and internal experiences. And then Judaism says, be careful of your internal reality and your internal experiences. Now, I think the universe, I think that this is a par- it's a paradoxical thing. Obviously, it was a way of understanding. It was not a paradox, which I'm sure you will uh, uh, give us our give your opinion concerning. But um, the face, the the metaverse idea also has it's an oilum out, which is perhaps also could be seen as chitzani, obviously, because in many uh, involves interaction with other people, but also has to do with uh, the what goes on within oneself. In other words, one is creating within oneself a new reality by means of the internet, which was not the actual reality. Whereas you don't interact with people necessarily or with concepts inside in a physical way, tangible way, but in an intangible way, an abstract way. And as a matter of fact, you interact with people on the way, on the basis of how they want to um, present themselves and how you want to present yourself. Is that an oil? I would assume large part it's an oil hasheker, but perhaps on a different level, it's more of an oil MS. Because you're not, it's not going by the kan kan babamashi boy. Right? You're actually presenting more of what's inside yourself as opposed to what's outside yourself. Kind of like if you're on a podcast, 
and the, the person doesn't know what you look like. So then they won't be uh, driven by their first impressions of how you look on the outside to judge what you're saying, but rather will take the content on its own value. So uh, yeah, it's they, true they, what this yeah, article... They might judge you based on you know the whininess and the high-pitched aspect of your voice and how quickly right. you Yes, talk. That, is, that is truly a deficit which I possess, which you do not. <laughs> you have a very melodious and wonderfully uh, uh, toned voice. And I have this annoying nasal uh, high-pitched voice and and obviously, uh, you, know, you might want to do this. You can do this stuff in Hawking. You know, you might want to get yourself a machine that, uh, you know, that could create, you know, a nice robotic sort of, uh, you know. I think, of course, who gave me this voice so I can keep people awake. So they, uh, which it works like in the graveyard shift, works wonders to have this voice. Yeah, so yeah, they, uh, might to, they might want to jump into one of the open, uh, you know, open kvarim over there instead of listening to you, and then and then quickly cover themselves up with a, enough dirt that they can't hear the echoing of your blathering. You know, I think that, that, I can imagine that. <laughs> Maybe, but that's how it usually happens. So, but be that as it may. So, uh, yes, you know, despite, well despite your handicap. You do an incredibly effective job of, of of actually affecting people, but I think part of it is um, them when they see your animation. It's not your voice. I think when people see you, you 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 come alive. You're animated. You're shuffling like you are now, and they're taken by you. And I think that's uh, we we can't disconnect uh, your you know your, your personal aura from what you're saying. But I hear I hear in theory I hear what you're saying. And theory. Okay, writes, writes that In other words, that you, it takes away the normal outer um, outer trappings of the individuals and lets them get into a joint, a mutual uh, fantasy world. And he's saying that in a positive way. So I'm waiting to hear with, with bated breath. When your response to this, uh, these positive okay, well, you're, you're all over the place on this. Listen, obviously you've thought about it, uh, and, but I don't know if you've actually come up with a, uh, you know, some clarity in terms. No, of that's the way you get from you. <laughs> okay, yeah, you want to punt the ball to me? Uh, look, we, we all know that uh, the way all of us experience things is flawed. We all know that God gave us limits in terms of our ability to process and measure. Uh, and, and we're reminded of this all the time, even when we, if we keep our ears to the ground in terms of scientific development, that what we thought is right is not right. What we thought is the theory isn't the theory. We all perceive things um, in, in, in a flawed or a flawed external way. We know that there are truths that are eternal and are emis. And those are things that the Rabbani Shalom gave us in the Torah. But even that, we process it with our own internal flawed uh, capacity. Moshe Rabbeinu and others uh, who are the Shechinim and Aberis they have that was they were living and bonding with Emes. We, of course, are not that way. Still, okay, I, I, I want to interject here before I forget. And this week's parsha, I always bring this down as a uh, diff, different outlook. It says when uh, a Yitzchak, uh, when uh, Esav came into Yitzchak. It says, Rashi brings down. So uh, Yitzchak couldn't see, but he did see. 
he saw not in this world, he saw in a different world. So he was in this um, different, uni- different, uh, uh, different universe, different dimension, which he saw Gehenim, Sucha Tachas Esav. He saw Esav for who he really was, which is the Amitzah view, as opposed to the Sheker of this world, in which the Slabotka people say that uh, Esav looked like a Rosh Shiva and, uh, you know, this uh, we, def- we definitely have bumped into many Rosh Hashivas that were very close to Esav <laughs> in their Midas and their Tchunas HaNefesh and their aggressiveness and even their pettiness when you when they ended up not getting what they wanted. Yes, we definitely had our, there, we've definitely seen that. Look, look it, it's clear, you know, I actually want to tell you about this Galena Rebbe, and I've talked about this Galena Rebbe's Brocha uh, when I received and he of course was uh, legally blind there's no question to me that people who are about Ruch are sensing things in ways that others aren't. And we are we know this from Chazal when they talk about when they went up in Shamayim, they saw the Yoinim were Lamata, Tahtainim was Lamala. Clearly, not only the physical world, but even the perceptions of of where people are so in, in, in a social status, how, who are the influential ones. It's not really the leaders. It's some tzaddik who's sitting there with a Balshemta story. It's some you know guy who's even unlearned, who the whole world is resting on, who's eating mushem shamay, whatever it is. Uh, we, there's a gamut of of story and, and 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 teachings that we have telling us not to just trust what's the external and recognizing the the work we have to do. And and even though it's it's a very as we know. Charles Dickens probably explained it so beautifully in the beginning of Tale of Two Cities, but it's in Chazal as well. That internal Aveda is something that it's so difficult to share with anyone. It's so totally yours that it is a, a private belt. And as much as you can try to articulate that to others, it's always going to be private within your neshama and in some ways skewed by whatever idiosyncrasies you have, but it's clearly something that is, 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 is private, but it still is the only reality. So yes, of course, the avoidus hapnim is crucial. Somebody who's just an external, I'm going to show because everybody else is, and I'm just, I just have to follow the guy to the base matters, who doesn't have an advanced avoidus pnim, uh, is, uh, is missing things. Even if he says that he's being an Oivet Hashem, if he doesn't have his own internal world, knowing that it's it's flawed, he's clearly not on the right path. We can only have a, 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 a true Kaboa uh, Satera, actually, if that Avedis Apnim, we, we know the, the Chazal tell us the Malachim came and gave 600,000 Ksarim. Everyone got their own Keser, and everybody has their own Mechitza. And that mechitza is something that's quite uh, that's quite subjective. We know that uh, as much as we try to share it. Now, the Rabbi Shalom has allowed us the means to be able to somehow come as a community and try to share that as best as possible. We know it's flawed, but that external aspect allows us to continue living, uh, and it allows us to continue uh, being part of this this this. Uh, physical sphere. So there's the balance between Pnim and Chitzayni is obvious. If you have someone who's only in Avedis in Pnim and hardly ever goes out, um, 
you have such people. It's interesting that, you know, recently in the Dafyemi, we had people who were Pirish Midarke at Sibor, which the Rambam in Ilchus Chuva describes as someone who does all the mitzvahs, is <laughs> someone who's basically oivet completely. It's not like you can tine on him that he's eating treif and smoking cigarettes on Shabbos. He's just not being mishtatev with the rest of the people. And, he, and even though those people remain strangers to them, the Rabbeinu Shalom and his Torah understands that you need to have that. And we know how frustrating that is, that connection with those external people to be part of that gala, to come at Hakil and, and, and with all the sweaty people and, and push yourself. And if you don't have that, you, you obvi- you're not really living in this world as well. So that balance is, 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 is inherent. One without the other, you, you can have the extreme version of that. That person, right? that person, the parish Midarki at Sipur is somebody who, who, who goes, he doesn't even get any oil Mabo, which is a Pella, right? And, and, and then you have the person who has no Avoidas Pnim at all. That's somebody who who who, who is a, he's worse than the Shanyu that he's he's worse than Shanyu the Elisha. He's what is he made of himself? What is his neshama if it, if it, it doesn't have that internal life? Look, Rav Nachman understood this very well. Uh, you know, it isn't just you know like in the movie Ushpizin. Um, you know, some big fat guy runs out and says, "God, God, God, God! Oh, I, where are you? Where are you? Come answer me." If someone doesn't have that, then he isn't really a, a true human being. He's really somebody who's just watching and, and, and acting. He's, he's, just, he's just imitating others around him. So I, I think that we're, we're both in agreement with that. The question that you're asking is, hmm, well, if I'm into my avoidus pnim, doesn't that, isn't it really my dimyonis? Isn't it really my, my, my dimyon, my imagination, my imaginative faculty? Now, again, let, let's be... Let's this be, is what the metaverse would be. Right. Well, let's talk philosophically for a second. We know that the, the Rambam, when he tries to explain the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and all the other Nevi'im, he talks about the Koyach HaDimyoyim, the Koyach that all Nevi'im have to have. In fact, Nevi'im like Yeshaya and others who were at the pinnacle of Nevuah had a very advanced Koyach their ability to imagine and see in front of them and process things that were abstract ideas, but then give them some sort of vision in their heads were, were perfect. The way the Rambam and the philosophical uh, cadre of Rishonim who are behind him, they would say that all those Nevi'im had the potential to be da Vinci's and, and, uh, and, 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 and other, and Michelangelo's, <laughs> because they would, they would have to Rembrandt, be- Rembrandt, Rembrandt. Rembrandt, let's say, okay. Why, why not Michelangelo? Because you're thinking about the Sistine Chapel, you prove no. Because uh, one of the one of people I, one of the people I was associated with uh, when I worked at, at the place where you're working now, not Abelus, the other place. He said he um, he said that he always causes Yitzhar Rembrandt because uh-huh. Yitzhar can paint beautiful pictures, portraits like Rembrandt can, yeah. and they're full of fake. Look, I, 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 you know, obviously, you know what makes a great artist. Is another discussion, but but the kliyachadimyon is what you need. You need to be able to 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 remember what you saw, to imagine it, to see it, to make that construct. All the neviim had an incredible kliyachadimyon. Now Moshe Rabbeinu was different because Moshe Rabbeinu was somehow beyond kliyachadimyon. It was sort of like the emiss in itself. But if we put Moshe Rabbeinu away, yeah, the kliyachadimyon is, is, is crucial. It's essential for nevuah. Essential, and it's also really essential for yira. 
It's essential to be able to, to be scared of the Rebbeinu on the lowest level. You have to, you have, it's not just muscle memory rem, reminding you of how your, 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 your parents got mad at you and how embarrassed you were. You also have to think about right? Roya here is to actually imagine, uh-oh, this is what's going to happen to me. The Torah consistently, when it talks about Yishmu uh, seeing a soita being nisbaza, all of that is really meant to create within the person a whole storage house of demyonis to carry with him, because without those demyonis, we sort of, you know, we don't really, we're not stirred at all. So the koyach dimyon is important. I would say even further, to me, and this is maybe where you and I differ in many ways, and I, I, I know this because we were chavrusas together, when, even when I put a sugya together, and a lot of it, of course, is the intellectual idea, but it, it, it comes alive to me, and that's part of the reason why the Rambam didn't understand why it was so important to have the names of the Amaroyim. Right? And the, Rambam, you know, the Rambam expected a person to, to come to even halacha mufshat, like, okay, here's the idea, here's the, now, now spend hours figuring out what I wrote, right? Like the Rambam expected everybody to, to read his Sefer and say, hmm, let me think about this. Like as he becomes an advanced Talmud Chacham, let me go back and read those words and see what they mean again. He didn't realize the energy and excitement of having a Baya and a Rava, of having a Rabbi Yosef, of having a Rabba, of having Rav Chista, Shtoch, uh, Rav Huna, uh, of having a, uh, someone saying, Those, as the Kotzker said, they, they come alive. We, we imagine. Very you know, it's very interesting that we have a famous statement of Chaim Shmulevitz in his, uh, the, his brother in his biography, where he says that uh, people know how to say what's for as Rabbi Shimadik, what's Rabbi Chaim Dick, but they don't know how to say what's Rabbi Shmuel Dick and what's Rabbi Akiva Dick. And uh, but perhaps the Rambam is responsible for that, what you're saying. That's interesting uh, insight. Oh, the, the Rambam likes to eviscerate the personalities. And I think, like the Kotzker said, you need to see a Bayerova standing in front of you. And probably it, Brisker's, I, that's interesting because Brisker would probably say the antithesis. He'd say that would, that would distort your thinking. And, and what I'm saying is, to me, they're all stories. To me, even the deep intellectual. Uh, I am seeing it in terms of a, a debate, like a, a debate between two people, and I'm seeing their personalities. And actually, let's say it even better. The idea itself is a story. I am imagining how the idea is being changed and altered. The uh, allows me to have a literary sense of the, the page, but also the idea itself is going through a process. And part of the reason I can roll up my sleeves and love learning, even though I'm totally ignorant and uh, I should be so frustrated. Most people, you know, you, you tell a high school kid or, or, or a young adult, you've got to take this chemistry course. You have to take this to pass this. It's, 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 it's the most excruciating, difficult thing for them. And yet we can jump into sugyas like <laughs> to try to figure out exactly the way Pigel works, the way Neusser works, exactly to understand the reason why it can it happen is because we attach the Kayachadimyon and we're able to turn it into really a narrative, a, a, a story of how this idea develops. The Shakovatari and the Maskonis that the Rambam hated, that he felt was the biggest hafra to true understanding. 
the ups and downs of the story, uh, the, the fact that there was a, a, a complete 180 turn into a different direction, that actually is what's able to be Moshech, a person, to, to be tight as the idea. So, you know, it, 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 it really, you know, the intertwining of, of your imaginative faculty, seeing it as a, a, a literary... Well, well, but when, when do you fall off the world? When, when does the Elmadirin then become dangerous? Okay. Well... You know, you are asking me when I think you've gone too far, right? When I think you've gone too far. Well, obviously, one way I would say, and, and Zuckerberg might be right, and I think the pandemic brought it out even more. People, there's a great percentage of people out there that don't like the personal interaction, that are scared of it. They consider it almost one of the worst things that they, they have to do. You know, me and you have seen this consistently. What do people fear most? Public speaking. Oh, that's like number one. I scratch my head about it, and so do you, right? At the drop of a hat, Bechar and Kivilevich will run up to the to the lectern, and we can pontificate for hours. Public speaking, I tell you, I've never had, I, I, I don't feel the beads of sweat coming down, right? But most people are not us. Most people really do not like to be put out in the public. And even though public speaking, everybody's looking at you, even when you just walk into a coffee clutch and you have to like say hello, most people hate that. Most people, like right, they're worried. They're worried, is, is, is my sweater, you know, uh, frumpy? Uh, you know, how's my hair look? Like, what's going on? Are they judging me? Oh, what's happening? The idea, it's so, in many ways, It'll, it's, it's, it's exhilarating not to have that. And COVID has really allowed that to happen. Now, it's true, the Zoom call is, is not exactly uh, the fantasy where it's not an avatar game. It's not some role play, but it's, it's, it, it's actually, you're able to, you know, <laughs> here's my background, right? Here, here's my background. And, you know, I can, I can, I can block my face. All the things that the COVID is, 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 through Zoom and COVID, have bonded together, have really enhanced the idea that I don't have to be connected to you. And I can also really control completely what it is that I am shaping for you to see. And I can hide behind that. And I think that that's one of the reasons so many people didn't want to go back to work. A lot of it was a lot of it was, what do I have to get dressed in the morning for? And what do I have to sit in traffic? But also a lot of it was, oh, I don't have that pressure. And I think that there is where you see I can create something. Here's the thing. Up until now, people who live in the Dalai were the Dungeon and Dragons people, the people who were the trolls on the internet, the ones that were calling themselves young little girls, but were really, you know, 65-year-old perverted men. That's changing now. <laughs> you know what COVID is doing is is allowing many many people to have this sort of you know private life, this different life, and and, and able to be even effective. And and they're even able, you know, the ones who are making it in the podcast world and other worlds are actually getting millions of followers because you know they're out there. So yes, this is something that that is occurring, and it's already here. And that's why I think Zuckerberg. Is, 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 is noticing what's going on. And that's why people are going to embrace it. 
It allows them control. It isn't just you know, a world that they can escape to, but it's a world that is going to be the controlling force of all interactions. And that, of course, uh, you, you, you know Star Trek well? Look, my knowledge of Star Trek is is decent. So I would say the old Star Trek episodes. The old Star Trek, yes. Okay. There was one Star Trek episode which always gave me nightmares. Um, there was one which there there was a severely wounded uh, captain who only had buttons. You, you, you are zero in Star Trek. That is the original pilot of Star Trek. That's the pilot. The original. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. They they redid the original pilot to come up with the cage. The original the original Star Trek pilot that was sold, tried to be sold to NBC, had a different uh, captain. Nimoy was there, right? So they had they had filmed the original, which you can get on, you know, if you're on, on I guess you can watch the, the original pilot in its original form on, on Netflix or wherever you can find it. And um, what they did instead was, oh, this was such great footage. It never aired uh, to the people. But it was what the it was what the network executives saw in order to greenlight this incredibly revolutionary program. So it was about Jeffrey Hunter. Jeffrey Hunter played Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike uh, had gone to this planet, and in this planet, you were able to sort of like um, you know, if uh, the Kayachadimion could make right. a yeah. different life. Right now, what the what the writers came up with was, why don't we save this footage? And what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a situation, we don't have to explain how, where Christopher Pike has become uh, a paraplegic so severe and Spock, incredibly, although he's a person of logic, is going to try to bring Christopher Pike back to this place where he can now live a life of fantasy in his mind and be a, a young, virile a person along with this beautiful woman. Okay, so that is, the, the, which was, by the way, uh, stolen by James Cameron, whoever made uh, Avatar, which is really the same thing. I, again, I've watched the beginning of the movie of Avatar, but it's basically the same thing. A person who's been crippled, who's now able to uh, create, have a new life. Uh, right. Now, this bothered you. Not only seeing Christopher Pike, like Jeffrey Hunter and all the makeup looking like he was not able to, to move around, it that's wanted, what gave me the nightmares. No, that's what gave me the nightmares. Just, just watching him in his crippled state. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, well, you're a little kid. Anyway, so um, so that, that uh, they're obviously trying to show that the oil and demon can be used in a positive way. And, 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 and right, and it was a way to tell you this saves Christopher Pike's life. Captain Pike now, instead of being depressed, is able to have a full um, emotional things going on in his brain and in his mind and in many ways experiencing it and and enjoying it the same way you can enjoy uh what was it was happening in an actual level so it, it bothers you and yet you know that in many ways it's that gene roddenberry and the people who put that episode together were were tapping into something that was very true right? I, I, I agree yes that's the question is to what extent what was that? What Mark Zuberger is trying to do is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I'm asking you based on your analysis, which is very good. But where would you put this? Well, look, you know the 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 you sent me this op-ed, and you know I, I can't agree with the strident tones and the sort of like semi-biblical condemnation uh, that this author wrote, that this Mr. Towie wrote. Um, 
but you know, I, I think that most of us realize that the oyumadimyon, as we call it, is sometimes a a garage where we park ourselves for some um, re re-energizing. It's a, sometimes a, a battery that we need. There are people, uh, myself sometimes included, although I, I, I try to be up learning a lot, but you know, there are some times when I'll spend some time with my wife watching some ridiculous program. Um, and sometimes after she falls asleep, I'll turn on and uh, not such a ridiculous program, which is a way, an escape into some sort but, 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 but people... Is that, is that where you're going? What I'm saying is, is that many people need a, a place of dimuline to sort of wallow in and enjoy. And we know that, look, I've never been a filmmaker, but I would have made, if I would have applied myself, I think I would have made a pretty good one, at least in terms of, or maybe a, an executive. Because I understand that the best fantasies are the ones that you feel connected to, you draw yourself in, and that you see yourself uh, as part of that. Um, and, and, and that does something for you. It, it, it allows you, whether it's reading a comic book and pretending you're Superman or Mr. Fantastic, or a film that is somehow able to, to, to be real enough, but fantastic enough for you to feel, hey, I was there. I was the one that this was happening to. And I felt connected to it. That's the escape. And sometimes... You say it's it, a positive escape. Positive escape. Right. Because it, it, it sort of gives you... You know, I know that when I grew up in, in the yeshiva, Rav Schlanger, Zechayim Lebrocha said, the movies, the movies, the movies are mavet. The movies are mavet. This death is the mavet. Now, the thing they didn't understand... <laughs> was that it was actually not Mavis. It actually allowed Chaim to happen. Now, obviously, in excess, you know, you, you just, you, you, you become the potato, the couch potato. But the Oil Madimian, in many ways, allows someone to, to strive. Uh, look, I, I can tell you often, um, you know, people can sometimes go into a dimyon. Like, like let's say, and, 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 and start in their mind, downloading that feeling. You know, you, you can, uh, I'm, I'm not saying Smith that you- goes to Washington, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay, Let, let's, let's use Mr. Smith goes to Washington. So you watch that film and you, you obviously relate to Jimmy Stewart and you can actually now say, I'm not giving up. You know, in other words, the same way Jimmy Stewart stood there in the filibuster and, and stood there till the point that uh, he was exhausted, and he and will you yield? No, right? I won't. And you and, and and you start doing whatever you can, and you see his amazing courage and his involvement and his Jimmy Stewart's uh, portrayal there is so innocent and powerful at the same time that allowed you to have that type of strength. You you that's the avatar that's in your head. And now it's true. You're trying to, to work on the sugya. You're trying to argue with your habrusa. You're trying to, to not give up on a job that's been given to you. 
but you have that avatar, that that film that you saw, that image of what what it means to be indefatigable from Jimmy Stewart. That's something that you could use. So going into that dimion and bonding with Jimmy helps you uh, in some ways. So when you park yourself in the garage, it isn't just a way to uh, you know to numb yourself to sleep in some sort of fantasy world. It's a way to to build. A, a, a sense of strength, a sense of, which comes from the fantasy. Yes. Now, are you, do, do you really have that strength? Are you, do you really have it? Well, because it's in your mind and because of how deeply you connected to it, it you really show the difference when you were in that world. Now, if, if you never exit, and what I'm saying here is Dvaram Shutin, if you never exit that, if that's all the where you are, that you never make that make that bridge of relationship, then you become remain in the metaverse. Yeah. Then you become a geek, and then you're you're just there, and then you become a trekkie, a geek, and you start speaking Klingon. You know, and the, the only place <laughs> the only place you're willing to go is some convention where you're able to you know to put on a mask and and hang out with other kevra you know of, of the same ilk. That that is probably something that's very destructive. And, and if that's, you know, you know, if, you know is, is Zuckerberg onto something? No, I can't tell. Okay, you put me on the spot. You tell me now. Look, you know, when we talk about the real world, I can say that there's nothing like the real world, actual taste of biting into a teriyaki ginger sausage that was created by the geniuses at Abel's and Hyman and A&H. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's not teriyaki ginger. It might be sage. It might be hot Italian. Whatever it is, those tastes are going to not only be so real when you bite into them, they are going to lodge in your imaginative consciousness for a long time to come. Um, they can maybe even help you when you're not. Give me a savor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can even in times when you you aren't able to to get Abel's and Heim. I mean, there are places, unfortunately, that haven't been enlightened enough to know to order that. And you might find yourself in some, uh, you know, far away place, you know, some sort of uh, jungle area or some sort of Jewish jungle where you can't get the A and H product. Uh, I'm even going to speculate that, you know, you try your best. I mean, you're obviously going to be dissatisfied. Maybe what you can use while, when you're biting into that inferior sausage and inferior corned beef, you can remember, you know, how, how incredibly the, the taste of the A&H was. And maybe that could do something to, to stave off your disappointment. Either way, uh, you know, we uh, do provide something in this real world, something that can't be matched. And something that can, you know, fuel your imagination for only the best and most positive foods. Again, from a company that really stands uh, in so many ways for integrity, honesty, as we say, tachos akashis, tachos atam. Happy dreams, everyone, and make sure that uh, you're able to, you know, keep that balance there. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.